your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, August 10th, 2021. Your boy Q here, uh, back in the home studios after a weekend in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame. Had a lot of fun there, had a lot of trials and tribulations as well, but of course, still a lot of fun uh, at the same time. Of course, the Raiders uh, having Coach Tom Flores and Charles Woodson and the Violator all inducted into the Hall of Fame in uh, some capacity, and it was a great weekend for Raider Nation, and uh, I love the fact that it was a, a fun weekend. I, I love the fact that Raider Nation was able to celebrate and be out there in, in many, many, I mean, just many people out there on uh, over the weekend, and it was a lot of fun. But I'm also glad that now it's time to turn the page. We've talked a lot about the Hall of Fame in the last few weeks. It is now time to turn the page and start to look forward to the 2021 season and not necessarily Raider players that are going to be Hall of Famers, but Raider players that are going to help this team get where they need to go this upcoming season. That's right. The 2021 season is here. It is a game week. There is an actual game going to be played. The only preseason game of this season going to be played at Allegiant Stadium. It's coming up this Saturday versus Seattle Seahawks. So very excited about moving forward with everything we've been talking about here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, I salute to you, Raider Nation. We have officially made it through the offseason, and now we are at an actual game week. When it becomes a regular season game week, it's going to be even sweeter. But, man, this is not too bad. Not at all. Very excited about that. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 is the number. Didn't have any calls or texts on Monday's show as my guy Steve Foster from ESPN San Antonio just joined me on the show live from Canton, Ohio, and just talked about everything that we had witnessed over the weekend, had some good breakdowns. And so uh, I thought that was a nice change of pace. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. I did, before I get into what's coming up on today's show, want to let you know that it's being brought to you by rockauto.com. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at rockauto.com. Make sure you let them know that the Lockdown Raiders podcast sent you. I'll tell you all about them later on in the show. Now, got calls and texts coming up in segment number three. Going to get back to that. Segment number two, when it's game week, what do you get on game week? You get a depth chart. Now, again, very unofficial depth chart. It's just the first one of the preseason. It's a preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks. You know there's a lot of the first teamers that aren't going to be playing, regardless of where they're, they're locked in on the, on the depth chart right now. But it's still nice to go over. It's still fun to go over. And it's still good to kind of break down and say, okay, this stood out to me, that stood out to me, and the other stood out to me. We'll talk about that in segment number two. And I have about four guys and four positions and Four points that I really want to bring up all defensively about the Raiders' unofficial first preseason game depth chart against the Seattle Seahawks that we'll talk about in segment number two. Here in segment number one, kind of news and notes of the day, stuff kind of collected over the weekend, and even get into a little bit of John Gruden's press conference from Sunday uh, after their practice at Allegiant Stadium. And yes, we'll be back out there, and I'll be back out there at training camp, back to my regular routine uh, later on this morning. As a matter of fact, got to do my uh, second round of COVID testing. We have to do it. I mentioned it before, every 14 days, first round, all good. <laughs> clear, no problem. 
problem. And they make sure that everybody, media members, all media members have to be vaccinated and they have to test every 14 days to make sure that they are COVID free. So that's something else I got to do uh, later on this morning. But we'll be back at, at training camp and I'm very excited to be able to bring you some more up close to personal uh, observations and sounds from what I'm seeing and hearing there at training camp. But uh, I'll have some sound from John Gruden from what he had to say Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So uh, that's all coming up in segment number one. Let's go ahead and just jump right into it. So off top, Monday was an off day for the Raiders. They had no practice. They had no media availability. So that's normally the time that they bring some players in for, you know, evaluations, just kick the tires on on players. And so the Raiders did that on Monday. They worked out a quarterback, Case Cookus. Yeah, he visited the Raiders on uh, Monday, and right now you're probably thinking, Case Cookers, who the hell is that? I'm not going to lie to you, Raider Nation. I'm not going to act like that I'm so deep in the streets that I knew exactly who that it was. I had to go and do some research. He's a cat that went undrafted in 2020 out of northern Arizona. He's been a part of three teams in the NFL, part of the Giants in 2020, the Broncos and Vikings in 2021. They're all been offseason and or practice squad member only, and you're probably wondering, like, how in the world did he did that if it was just 2020 and now it's 2021? Okay, well, let me break it down. He was with the Giants. Cook is signed with the Giants as an undrafted free agent on April 28th, 2020. He was waived on August 2nd. Then he signed with the Broncos on May 17th, 2021, and he was waived three days later on May 20th. And then August 2nd, he signed with the Vikings, but he was waived three days later after that with them. So now he's uh, with the Raiders, not with the team, but he practiced or, or worked out at least with the team on, uh, on, on Monday. And I'll tell you right now, if they do sign him, Expect there to be another note on his Wikipedia about wave three days later. <laughs> Just like he was with the Giants and with the Broncos and with the Vikings. Wave three days later. Wave three days later. Wave three days later. If he does sign with the Raiders, that's what's going to happen. This is a guy that may take a couple reps away from somebody in practice. Maybe a guy that takes a couple reps in in a preseason game, but he's not a guy that's going to make the roster. So just want to kind of update you and let you know that he did come in for a visit, but it doesn't mean a whole lot. So just kind of wanted to bring that to you. I also wanted to bring to you some sound from the press conference that John Gruden had following Sunday's practice at Allegiant Stadium. Didn't really talk about that too much on Monday's show. Really, we're talking all things Hall of Fame with my guy Steve Foster. So now I want to get back into this year's team and what they got going on. So John Gruden, he met with the media. He was supposed to meet with the media today. I'm not sure because the Raiders sent out an email saying that there's going to be players and they're not sure what players it is that are going to meet with the media later on this morning uh, following their practice at 7.30 to 9.30 Pacific Standard Time. So they'll probably meet with the, the media about 945 and I'll be in attendance. I do have a meeting with the Raiders, like officially a meeting with the Raiders at 10. So I won't be there for the whole length of it, but I will be able to see at least the whole practice and maybe step in to the uh, media session for a quick segment. But I don't know if Gruden's going to talk today or not because he did talk on Sunday. So I did want to get to a couple little sound bites that I found interesting from his uh, media session on Sunday. And of course, the biggest question that anyone in Raider Nation has right now is what's going on with Dale, Darren Wall? He hasn't practiced since last Monday. So here's John Gruden answering that question that I believe Vinny Bonsignor asked. Here it is. Gruden on Darren Waller being out since Monday. What's going on? I think he's going to be okay. We're being very careful with him. He's he's working out very hard with the trainers. And it's given us an opportunity, honestly, to look at the other tight ends and some other receivers. We've got a competitive camp. I think you saw the ball distribution today. We didn't run Jacobs much either. Uh, we know what those guys can do. And we're... 
we're anxious to see who, who their partners are going to be when the season starts. Now, that's the, not the most reassuring comment. I think he's going to be okay. We're being overly cautious, and I get that, being overly cautious, but the whole we think he's going to be okay thing is not the most you know satisfying comment that we could have heard from John Gruden, but it is what it is. That's what he gave you, and so you just got to trust and believe that it's something very minor that's going on with him, but for him not to practice this last Monday is very interesting. Of course, uh, the first thing I'll be paying attention to at practice today is number 83 out there. If not, well, then another day goes by. So it is concerning. Well, with that being said, Darren Waller being out, other tight ends got to step up. And of course, all eyes are on Foster Moreau. So John Gruden was asked about Foster Moreau and what has he been seeing from him since Waller is out? You know, I'm not going to be Foster's agent, but, you know, I wish I was. I, I, I love him. I, I just think this guy's you know, he's perfect for how we want to play here. He can block in line. He can pass protect. He's a football junkie. He's uh, one of the greatest kids I've ever coached. And uh, he'll play a doubleheader. He's probably ticked off practice, ended. Uh, and you can see he's healthy now from his knee. That was a terrible knee injury he had. He's had a chance to study one of the great players to ever play in this league, and Jason Witten. And he's banked a lot of things now. And I think he and Waller give us a, a duo that – it's as good as any I've ever had. So there's John Gruden right there talking very highly about tight end Foster Moreau. And I know a lot of Raider Nation is upset by the use he was uh, or the usage that John Gruden had for him in 2020. And I'll say it, and I've said it many times that look, Dude was injured at the very end of his rookie year. He tore his ACL, and everyone expected him just to come back, no problem, just uh, you know go out there like nothing ever happened, and that just doesn't happen. And I remember talking about it. I know we got a lot of new booties on the show. I remember talking about it as soon as he got hurt because it was the end of the season in 2019. I said, man, that is going to also affect him in 2020 because ACL, you don't just recover that quickly. So Jason Witten was brought in. Foster Moreau was used very sparingly. This year, they are going to unleash him. They really are. Uh, Foster looks great out there. He's running without a knee brace. I mean, he's just, he looks very good out there. I believe, like, like John Gruden said, Darren Waller and Foster Moreau could be one of the best uh, duos as far as tight ends go in the league. And I think they're going to use them both in a major way. Um, I would not worry about what happened with uh, Jason Witten a year ago. Simply, it was a fact that Foster Moreau was not 100% healthy. And so they didn't go out there and put him out there because in the long term, you want him for the long haul, not just for a quick, you know, a quick minute. You don't want him to re-injure himself. So now I believe he's 100% healthy and you'll see a lot of use uh, going to Foster Monroe this season. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Now, one of the elements that happened on Sunday is a lot of veteran players were hold, held out of the practice. So John Gruden was asked after the practice about the backups and what he saw from them and was it what he was expecting to see. Well, that's why we'll go back and look at it. You know, obviously, the Morrow and Littleton, we kept them out. I wanted to look at some of the other linebackers. And, um, you know, Carl Joseph didn't participate. We kept Yannick and Max out. And um, we'll have an opportunity to look at all the defensive players here in the next hour. And offensively, um, we kept Incognito, good, Jacobs, Waller. We kept some players out on that side too. So, you know, we're getting ready to cut the roster down. We're getting ready to put some rotations together, who's playing against Seattle, when and how much. And today's practice in the next couple of days will have a lot to do with how that all sorts itself out.
Now, we're going to talk depth chart in segment number two, but, I mean, this is an opportunity. You know, when guys are, are, are resting, veterans are resting, that's an opportunity for the young dudes, the new booties, to get out there and actually show what they're worth. And so I think a lot of guys have been proving their worth so far in training camp, and uh, I'm excited about it, and I think the Raiders are. And, and something John Gruden said in a, in a press conference setting earlier this offseason was, we're not going to play you based off of where you were drafted or how much money you're making. We're going to put the best 11 guys on each side of the ball out there on the field and that is something I truly believe that they should do and something I don't think that they've done every single year but I think it's what makes a team better and I don't care about scholarships and I say that as far as like being drafted at a certain spot or however much money you're making I always consider those guys scholarship guys I don't care about that I don't care about none of that I care about the guys that are the best ones out there for the job and I believe that's what the Raiders are going to do especially early on put the best guys out there for the job immediately so that's basically what he's talking about right there with that comment that he made my final little sound bite that i have from head coach john gruden from sunday is about safety trayvon merrick the rookie out of uh, tcu a guy that a lot of folks have been talking about including myself i've been excited about him ever since the raiders drafted him so i think every practice gruden's asked about him so here he was again on sunday asked from what he's seeing out of rookie safety trayvon merrick there's a lot of people uh, you know write about him every day you know unfortunately he's he's in the post most of the time and uh, it's hard to evaluate the post player on breakout plays. You know, we're not putting people on the ground at full speed. So that eraser tackler, you know, can he get uh, an open field runner on the ground in a one-on-one situation? Can he go from one sideline to the other on these acrobatic seam routes that guys are catching and throwing? And we're seeing that, but we're not doing it live. We know he's got ball skills and instincts. We also know he's still learning a new defense, and he's been challenged. I just really like what that guy brings to the table. I think Merrick is going to be a special player. He's going to be a player that the Raiders have needed for quite a while. Uh, he's got a lot, uh, you know, responsibility on his shoulders now. I mean, like you heard John Gruden talk about, he's been playing the post. And you, is he a guy that can make that open field tackle when Tyreek Hill is streaking down the field and he's the last line of defense? Again, he used that word that I've been using for a while, the eraser. And the eraser in Gus Bradley's defense in Seattle was Earl Thomas. So that's why I keep saying Trayvon Merrick is going to be playing that Earl Thomas role with Jonathan Abram playing that cam chancellor role earl thomas was the eraser anytime a richard sherman made a mistake or byron maxwell made a mistake or anyone else made a mistake earl thomas was on that back end able to erase it and help out and clean things up trayvon merrick's gonna have to do that in a major way so uh you won't really know until you see it out there on the field with the bullets live you know and you'll start to see a little bit of that this saturday as the raiders host the seahawks at Allegiant stadium but uh, you're not going to see the whole full meal deal but you will get to see a little bit at least so uh, that's what i got for you for segment number one of today's locked on raiders podcast kind of news and notes collected over the weekend i was going to play for you a little soundbite from former raider arden key what he had to say about you know being away from the raiders and how he's happy about that but i'm not even going to give him that much shine so uh, we'll worry about that on another day that's all i really want to bring to you for the table uh, of today's locked on raiders podcast coming up in segment number two we're going to talk about that depth chart what stood out to me what were my thoughts well i got at least four of them <laughs> and i'll tell you about that coming up in segment number two before i get to that though i do want to tell you about betonline.ag they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action baseball season man it is really going on now summer league base basketball is going on as well in las vegas i'll actually be doing my show unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 from summer league on friday i'm very excited about that it's gonna be a lot of fun but uh, right now baseball season is in full effect of course ufc they got something going on every weekend uh, the nba will be back before you know it just a lot and of course football 
How can I not think about football? Football's going on as well. Uh, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines, man. Get into the game. Again, head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop. Receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. But you got to use the promo code Locked On. That's the only way you can do that. you got to use the promo code Locked On. It's betonline.ag. Promo code Locked On will get you that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Because betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the unofficial depth chart. A lot of folks have hit me up on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Some folks have called into the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693, and want to talk about the depth chart. And there's some folks that are really kind of flipping out. And honestly, I look at the first depth chart unofficial first preseason game of the 2021 season and I don't really think too much of it except for there's a few things that stand out to me but something that we've kind of already been talking about so it doesn't you know it doesn't really blow my mind but it's definitely worth talking about so we're going to do that here in segment number two and for me it's all based on the defensive side of the ball and before I get to that I will note uh, on the offensive side of things especially on the offensive line that's an area that everyone's going to be paying attention to because it's newly constructed at least the right side from the center to the all the way to the right tackle is all new I'll, I'll say this Left tackle Colton Miller, obviously that's a no-brainer. He's locked in at that left tackle position. Left guard to Richie Incognito, okay, no doubt about it. Behind him is John Simpson. I bring that up for a reason. At center is Andre James, okay, he's locked in. I know Nick Martin is behind him, but I don't think that he's really challenging for it. Right guard is Denzel Good. I think that John Simpson and Denzel Good are really going to be battling out for that right guard spot. I know Simpson is locked in at that left guard spot number two behind Richie Incognito right now, but I think Simpson and Good are going to be battling it out with Alex Leatherwood, the rookie, at the right tackle position. But I, I would pay attention to Simpson and Good. Good, I, I obviously believe, has the upper hand on that position and will probably get it. But if Simpson, who's going to get a lot of burn during the preseason, I do believe, because you're not going to see a lot of the starters out there, Simpson could have a really good showing, and he might challenge for that position uh, to be a starter. But again, that's just one of those small battles that I'm looking at that could be something a little bit later on. So as far as the offense goes, I think it's it's all the usual suspects. I don't think there should be any surprise uh, along the, the offensive side of things. Henry Ruggs, starting wide receiver. Brian Edwards, starting wide receiver. Hunter Renfro in the slot. Derek Carr, quarterback. Josh Jacobs, starting running back. Fullback, Alec Ingold. Uh, and then offensive line, oh, tight end Darren Waller, no doubt about it. And then offensive line, as mentioned, left tackle Colton Miller, left guard Richie Incognito, center Andre James, right guard Denzel Good, and right tackle Alex Leatherwood. That's the starting offense for the Raiders as, as long as this game goes on on sa- Saturday against the Seahawks at Allegiant Stadium. Again, none of that is a surprise or a shock to me. Now let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball because that's where I really want to concentrate. And like I said, I had four areas of just notes you know, nothing major. Four areas and notes that I wanted to, to bring to the table here. Free agent acquisition, unique in Gakwe, starting defensive end, no doubt about it. Uh, the other defensive end across from him, his bookend partner, Mad Max Crosby. So that was a conversation we had throughout the, the course of the offseason. Will both of those guys be starting? Will they be out there on the field at the same time? Well, they will be to start on, on Saturday against the Seahawks, even though neither one of those guys might actually take the field, but they're penciled in 
as starters. Uh, the starting nose tackle, Jonathan Hankins. Uh, starting defensive tackle, this is funny, Quentin Jefferson or Solomon Thomas or Darius Phylon. So it's basically to be determined, TBD. That'll be something that'll pop up on Saturday. We'll actually see who gets to start. So, again, none of that. The defensive line, okay, fine. You can live with all that. But as you notice, I haven't mentioned Cleve Farrell. Cleve Farrell, who's been running with the second team in training camp, is second behind Max Crosby. He's a part of that second team. So a former first-round draft pick is running with the second team, and he's running with the second team in this game against the Seahawks. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, my God, a first-round draft pick, and now he's all of a sudden running with the second team. What a demotion. Well, remember what uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley said. He wants the, the, the guys to be able to, the defensive line, to be able to rotate, and he wants to be able to throw them at the quarterback in waves. So it really doesn't matter if you're a starter or a second team guy. He wants to be able to throw quality players at you know, at the quarterback and just have them go in waves. So the second team defensive line, Carl Nassib is behind Unique Ngakwe. You have Niles Scott as the nose tackle behind Hankins. Again, at the defensive tackle position, it's an or situation. Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, or Darius Phylon. Clee Farrell is behind Max Crosby's second team. That's your rotation right there as of right now. And the other part about that that I want to bring to the table is that that could always change depending on what team they're playing. Clee Farrell, who's really good against the run, could end up getting a lot of burn. So I just want to kind of put that asterisk next to him. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting, and this is what people have been pointing out to me, and even on Raider Nation Radio 920, my guy, Damon, who's my producer, uh, he said, whoa, that's the first thing that stood out to me, and that's the linebacking core. Getting the start at the outside linebacker position, the strong side linebacker, Tanner Muse. Second-year guy, has not played a snap in the NFL. He missed his entire rookie year because he had a foot injury, and he was out. He's a a third-round pick. At the end of the third round, the Raiders got him last year uh, from Clemson, and he was a guy who played safety in college that was transitioning to the linebacker position. Now he's getting the start on Saturday. And you can look at that multiple ways. And Vinny Bonsignor brought up a great point that this is just the base defense. The Raiders and most teams in the NFL are not in their base defense that much anyway. But with Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe both out there rushing the passer, Tanner Muse is a guy who they've been in practice. And I can be a witness to this because I've seen it. They'll roll him up and kind of play him outside of Mad Max Crosby or Unique Ngakwe to try to help set the edge to be kind of that guy that can stop the run. And he's a short tackler, so it actually makes a lot of sense. So I've had uh, B.D. Williams on on the radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920, and he was talking about Gus Bradley's defense, how he's not really concerned about stopping the run. He just wants to get after the quarterback. That would be the reason why Ngakwe and Max Crosby are out there starting. Those guys are excellent against the, the, uh, the pass, getting after the quarterback. But you've got to have someone that can help stop the run. That's why a Tanner Muse would be out there to be, you know, lined up on the outside of an Ngakwe or a Crosby to help set that edge. Now the starting middle linebacker, Nicholas Morrow, a guy that John Gruden's talked about quite a bit, a guy who was a D3 talent, a guy who went undrafted and has found a way to stick in the NFL and get multiple contracts. He's getting the start. So Nick Kwiatkowski, who they brought in as a free agent out of Chicago, he is running with the second team. Now there's an asterisk with that as well. A lot of people look at that and say, what the hell? What's going on there? That doesn't work. And and there's been a lot of reports that, oh, he doesn't fit in Gus Bradley's defense. Look, again, this is the base defense. Nick is going to be out there a lot. There's going to be a lot of times where, depending on who the Raiders are going up against, Tanner Muse won't be out there. 
you know, because he's not that. I mean, Nick's really good in, in coverage. He's really good at getting tackles, and, and he'll be in there quite a bit. And that's something that was kind of the theory that uh, Vinny Bonsignor brought. But also, I'll just say, Nick Kwiatkowski has not been the best player in practice right now. Nicholas Morrow has been outplaying him. So Nicholas Morrow is going to get that shine. And, and again, uh, John Gruden mentioned that, hey, it's his time now. He's got that opportunity to go out there and show what he's worth. So I'm not mad at that. If the best 11 guys aren't the guys that you expected them to be when the offseason started, oh, well, doesn't matter. Whoever the ones that can get it done are the ones that are going to get it done. So right now, starting linebackers, Tanner Muse, Nicholas Morrow, and Corey Littleton. Corey Littleton, the conversation around him has been very quiet, but that just means that he's been quietly going out there handling his business. And he's fast. He still has the speed that he had when he was with L.A., even though he didn't use it well last year with the Raiders. I think now that he has this simplified system and all he has to do is go out there and play, I think you can see a lot better Corey Littleton. So he's uh, penciled in as that weak side linebacker with Javon White, the undrafted free agent out of UNLV a year ago. He's penciled in at the number two spot with Darren Lee penciled in at number three spot. So, there you go. That's the that's the one that really stood out to a lot of folks. Tanner Muse, Nicholas Morrow, Corey Littleton getting the start uh, at the at the linebacking position. So that's another area. So far, we talked about Tanner Muse starting in the base. That's one. Nick Kwiatkowski starting at the uh, as second team. That's two. Clee Farrell starting at second team. That's three. So what's the fourth one? Well, the fourth one is Casey Hayward at the right cornerback is starting over Damon Arnett. The left cornerback, Trayvon Mullen. He's locked in, got Keyshawn Nixon behind him. Okay, right cornerback, Casey Hayward, who brought in as a free agent. He's a veteran. Damon Arnett, former first-round pick, lined up at the second spot. Nevin Lawson in the slot. He's a starter with Nate Hobbs right behind him and Amik Robertson behind him. Nevin Lawson, I'll say this, he's going to be a, a, a suspended guy week one. Don't be shocked if Nate Hobbs finds a way to steal that job. I really do believe that. So I guess there's really five areas that I wanted to really point out. I would not be surprised at that slot position. Nate Hobbs gets that job. I'm not saying that I have any inside information because I don't, but I know that these guys believe in Nate Hobbs. And you'll see Amik Robertson, who's been around the team for a while, is penciled in at the number three position. So that's something to pay attention to. But more importantly, the former first-round pick in Damon Arnett is sitting behind Casey Hayward, which has been something we've been reporting for a while. But just to know that that is an actual reality and he's running at the number two spot, I think it's good because they have enough confidence that Casey Hayward can hold it down at least for a while and until Damon Arnett gets comfortable in, the, in this scheme of Gus Bradley's and Ron Miles. But I also get a little concerned because I don't know if Casey Hayward at his age still has the speed to be able to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, be able to compete with the Denver Broncos, be able to compete with the Chargers. I don't know if he has that speed because you saw what happened in 2020. He just was not that guy. So Damon Arnett's going to have to grow up pretty quickly. But as of right now, Casey Hayward is going to get the start. So again, just the first preseason game. It's the unofficial depth chart. But something to pay attention to, it kind of gives you a little bit of a blueprint of what the Raiders are thinking, and it gives the other guys on the team right now an opportunity to say, this is where I'm at, and this is where I want to be. I got a lot of work to do. So there it is right there. It's very interesting. Uh, I, I'm excited about it. When you start getting depth charts, that means that it's, it's football time, and it's time for a game, and a game's going to happen this Saturday at Allegiant Stadium against the Seattle Seahawks. So that's all I got for you. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just kind of giving my overall thoughts on the unofficial depth chart for the first preseason game of the season. Coming up next, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is rockauto.com. And I've been telling you about rockauto.com for a long time. 
And because one, they're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. But two, and most importantly, is they save you a lot of time and money. And that's what we all are pressing for. Every single person I do believe is always looking for a way to save some time and obviously save a lot of money. I'm always trying to find a way to put 25 hours in a 24-hour day. I want to get the most out of every single day I can, and I want to save as much money as possible. With rockauto.com, you can save up to 30 50 sometimes even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com. Uh, the prices are super low for every single customer, and they got every kind of part that you need, brake part, tail lamp, motor oil, new carpet. doesn't matter what you need. They got you. And I've seen a lot of people go to rockauto.com. I've heard of a lot of people going to rockauto.com. A lot of folks that hit me up and say, I just got my parts from rockauto.com. And that's what you need to do because it's easy, and the parts are delivered directly to your door. And as again, I said, you save a lot of money. Only thing I ask you to do for me while you're there is just say, hey, I heard about you on Lockdown Raiders podcast. That's like, okay, cool. Q told him to come this way, and they did. He's doing his job. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot, and that's rockauto.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time for your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. You also can hit me up on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Let's get into a quick text from Raider Black. Q, you got to talk about the depth chart release and Nick getting the start over Nick. Did you see that coming? Talking about Nicholas Morrow over Nick Kwiatkowski and uh, Raider Black. You know, that's from all the conversation I talked about in segment number two. But all the conversation that we've been hearing uh, from John Gruden is that Nicholas Morrow, this was his time. You know, he's excited about him. I think that Gus Bradley looked at that linebacking core and said, hey, this is a guy who fits my scheme really well. This is a guy who fits my scheme really well. And this is a guy. And oh, by the way, he was assisted by Richard Smith, who's a longtime linebacking coach in the NFL. So they know what they're looking for. And if you look at every step of the way, if it was Seattle, Jacksonville, San Diego, L.A., wherever he was at, he always had really good linebackers. That's something that I talked about. He had linebackers that fit what he wanted to do. I've talked about it so much. And I think that Corey Littleton, I think Nicholas Morrow has an opportunity. And according to the depth chart, Tanner Muse has that opportunity as well. I do think Kwiatkowski has that opportunity to make it happen. Is it Kwiatkowski or Kwiatkowski? I forget. I always forget how to say his last name, and that's terrible. But <laughs> getting back to the subject, I think he's going to get a lot of burn anyway based off of what kind of defense they're in, and, and the base is the key. If they're in the base defense, okay, Tanner Muse will be out there to stop the run. But if not, then I think Kwiatkowski, I think it's Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski will be out there to do what he's got to do and, uh, you know, be, be the guy uh, most of the time out there. So, uh, you know, again, it's really early uh, on, so you, you can't take a whole lot from it. But Nicholas Morrow being out there is not a shock to me. So uh, I guess basically that's what I was trying to, to put out there. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Cy Reezy from the Bay. He's calling to talk about training camp and a battle he's very interested in seeing. Here he is, Cy Reezy from the Bay. What up, Q? Raider Nation, it's your boy Cy Reezy from the Bay. You, I got to say, the coverage of training camp has been sounding amazing. It's been great having you over there so you can paint a picture for all of us who can't go there to see it live in person like we used to do back when it was in Napa. Um, but keep it coming, man. There's uh, some great storylines building up, and one in particular that I wanted to call and ask about is about the battle between Damon Arnett and Casey Hayward for the number two starting corner position. This, to me, is one of the most interesting ones because – 
I think it really sets up the future of the team uh, in that you've got two players who are fighting for a position, but both have these fundamental flaws that have to be overcome. Um, with Arnett, it's obvious. I mean, everybody that's broken down his tape, whether it's, you know, B.D. Williams or Ted Newen or any of the guys that watch a whole lot more tape than I do, they, they all say the same thing, which is Arnett was a really good press man corner in college, but he doesn't have the route recognition or the footwork to play off-man or zone coverage. He just never learned it. So he has to learn a whole new style of playing the game. And until he does, you know, he can't be a lock to start in this system. So, you know, you got to figure out, like, what is he doing out there? How are they training him? What do you see? What's going on? Are they coaching him up on the sideline? Is he working on footwork drills? Is he grinding tape, you know, to build up his route recognition? I'd love to, uh, you know, for you to sort of fill us in on that if you could or even just ask the players and coaches that question if you get that opportunity. With Hayward, you know, he's the exact opposite. He's fundamentally sound. I mean, the guy's a former all-pro, but he's physically lost a step to the point where he can't handle speed and one-on-one coverage anymore, and it was all over his 2020 tape. In fact, the Raiders should know it better than anybody because they torched him twice, once with Waller, once with Aguilar, in one-on-one situations. So, you know, 90% of the time he's going to be the better corner. He's going to be the solid corner, and Bradley can probably protect him by keeping him in zone coverage as much as possible. But eventually, you know, offensive coordinators are going to find a way to try and isolate him in a one-on-one situation, line up their fastest guy against him, and beat him. So that means he has to do something about, you know, his his physical training and that's kind of what I wanted to know is what is Casey Hayward doing to train differently now that he's in his 30s versus when he was in his 20s? Because when you're in your 30s, you have to train differently. You can't just be focusing on the heavy weights and stuff like that that these guys like to do when they're younger. you got to work a lot more on your flexibility, you do your calisthenics, plyometrics, and all that stuff. So. I'd love for you to be able to ask some of these questions and, uh, and fill us in on what you see. There he is, Cy Reezy in the Bay, talking about Damon Arnett versus Casey Hayward. Compare and contrast both guys. Well, they got flaws for sure. Uh, the better corner is Hayward, uh, but you know that Hayward, like I mentioned in segment number two, he's got his deficiencies. He's getting older. He's not as fast anymore. Arnett's got to hurry up. He's got to uh, grow up quick, fast, and in a hurry. He's got to step his game up uh, for real. Uh, I know that Casey Hayward's doing a lot of teaching right now, uh, but a lot of that teaching is going on with Trayvon Mullen. I've seen multiple times, and I actually tweeted out a video the other day from training camp where Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen, and, and you can see Hayward just kind of giving him some instructions. Uh, Arnett's got a lot of work to do right now on the depth chart, as, as mentioned in segment number two. Arnett's number two. Uh, but I know that the Raiders need Arnett and his athleticism out there on the field as opposed to Hayward because, again, the AFC West is so tough and there's so much speed. You've got to have speed to be able to compete in 2021 i mean it's just it's the name of the game so we'll see what happens week one uh monday night football it looks like casey hayward's going to be that guy stuck in there at the at the starter position to begin with but arnett has an opportunity to go back and earn that spot so thank you so much for that call appreciate you next up i got a text from randall in illinois he said this is randall from southern illinois long time listener first time texter i know what that means just want to say I love hearing all the talk and respect for Nicholas Morrow. I had a chance to meet him as my son played linebacker at Greenville after Morrow's time. Nick was in town for the homecoming festivities, and my son arranged for me to meet him, being I'm a lifelong Raiders fan. 
Greenville is a D3 non-athletic scholarship school in a town of 7,000 people in the middle of a cornfield in Illinois. After Nick's sophomore year, he had D1 offers all over the place but chose to stay at Greenville because he had a commitment there. I've really pulled for him since being drafted and think he can have an all-pro type season. Anyway, love your show. Keep up the great work. Go Raiders. That's from Randall in Illinois. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And uh, yeah, man, what a story, right? Nicholas Morrow, D3 guy in the league, uh, you know, multiple contracts, has an opportunity to be somebody, you know, and he's got to go and make it happen. Uh, I love the story that you share right there. And uh, yeah, I mean, a very small school, very small town. And Nicholas Morrow was able to make it out of there and has an opportunity. And, you know, they always say if you could play, they'll find you. Well, they found him, and now he's got an opportunity to play. And right now he's listed in as a starter. So uh, that should make you, you you're proud, Randall. So I appreciate you being a no-booty here on the show, and thank you for your story and your time. Next up, and I think it's going to be the final call of the show. It's actually a call from the 949, and I don't believe this is a new booty, but there was no name attached to it, and so I'm sorry that I can't address you by name. But, uh, again, a call from the 949 calling to talk about the depth chart that the Raiders released for the first preseason game this Saturday against the Seahawks. His observations. Here it is, a call from the 949. What's up, Canton Q? How's it going? I hope your trip was great. Uh, just a couple comments on this uh, unofficial depth chart uh, for our base D uh, that just released um, yesterday. And uh, what I have to tell, you know, Raider Nation, that this is an unofficial death chart. I, I like that the coach brought this out there to kind of hang a carrot out to those second, third, fourth strings. Guys, you know, looking for, you know, bigger snaps. Um, I also remember that uh, Gus does play the multiple packages, and this base D is probably going to be used, you know, not, not a ton. And Gus loves uh, rotating guys in. So, like you were saying earlier, um, Seems like the first and second string are all like first stringers of how much they're going to be, you know, rotating people in. Um, you know, especially, you know, uh, something that caught my eye was, you know, Klee on the second team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What's interesting is Tanner Muse starting. Obviously that's a hot button, uh, with quiet, you know, as a backup. Um, this is exciting because, you know, everybody was saying he's a third round bust, you know, for a while. And just being shown a mare on, on the first team shows, you know, the work he's been putting in and, you know, maybe actually the what talent, you know, the guy has. And, you know, he's injury-free, you know, from the first time since high school. He did an interview over the offseason talking about, you know, his foot, his toe has been he's, he's been injured all throughout the entire college. You know, we heard it in high school and he just never got it fixed. He never got it, you know, had surgery. And this is the first time he's injury-free, so... This is actually 100% Tanner Muse that we get to see and that he hasn't, we haven't seen since, you know, basically high school. Another one is the battle for a defensive tackle. I like the ors on here. The Quentin Jefferson or Solomon Thomas or Darius Phylon. This is going to be a huge battle. I love all three of these guys and it's going to be a great battle with uh, victories and sills, you know, behind them. Um, also a, a quick note on the punctuation guide, guide, uh, our rookie Trayvon Morg. Um, I saw the pronunciation that the, uh, his last name is pronounced Merig, not Morig. So anyway, I thought that was interesting and, you know, hopefully Raider Nation, you know, see if so Ash could, uh, get our, <laughs> get our players' names right. Anyway, all right, you'll see it. There he goes. That's the call from the 949. Again, I apologize for not being able to address you by name. I just uh, didn't have it. And, and I, I realize you're not a new booty, but I, I don't remember every single name. So I apologize for that. But as far as your call, the biggest thing is that the depth chart is very unofficial. It will and is going to change. 
Guys got a chance to earn their spot, but that's the thing about it, and that's what excites me is that they have an opportunity to earn their spot. They're no longer on scholarship, and what I mean by that, it no longer matters where you were drafted. It no longer matters how much money you make. You have an opportunity to lose your spot, and you have an opportunity to gain your spot depending on what you do on the practice field and these upcoming preseason games. This is going to be a great competition, I do believe. Uh, You mentioned guys like Muse, you know. He didn't play his rookie year. Now he has an opportunity to be a starter, you know, at least in the base defense. Uh, You know, two first-round picks. They're starting off as second-teamers. You've got to earn your spot. And thank you for the note on Trayvon Merrigan about his name and how to say it. And and that was one of the names that I was very comfortable with because I covered him at the Big 12. So I've been saying his name correctly the whole time. But even guys like John Gruden, his head coach, he gets his name wrong. Everyone gets his name wrong. It's definitely Trayvon Merrick, but I do appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny when you mentioned uh, how to say his name and, and, and the pronunciation guide. I remember I was like, oh, man, I was trying to figure out how to say Nick uh, Kwiatkowski's name. And that's how it is. And I had to go back to the to the, uh, to the pronunciation guide. I was like, yeah, I got it. Duh. Why don't I just look at it to verify? So Nick Kwiatkowski is definitely how to say his name. It's not Kwiatkowski. It's Nick Kwiatkowski. So there you go. The call from the 949 helped me out. Put me up on game on Nick's name. Not Trayvon Merrick's because I knew that one, but I, I was getting, I was, I was second guessing myself. I've known Nick's last name for the longest. I've just been second guessing myself. So thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate it. Can't wait to see what happens on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium against the Seahawks just to see if the guys look like they know what they're out there doing. Uh, still, on the way, I got a text from the 725 Raider. I got a call from Reggie Reg from Pomona. Got a text from Tyson Thompson. I don't have time for those on this show, so we'll do it tomorrow's show. We'll talk about practice, what I've seen from uh, today's practice. I'm excited about it. I don't know who's going to talk to the media. I don't think any coaches are going to talk. I think it's just going to be players, but I could be wrong about that. So we'll bring all that to the table. Again, I have a meeting with the Raiders, uh, an official meeting where I got to be on my, you know, on my corporate and my, uh, and my guy get my game right. You know, I can't go in there. Uh, you know, slipping. I got to be on on point. I got that meeting going on this morning as well. So I'll tell you all about how everything goes down in the town with Julie Brown. I appreciate it. Uh, Again, uh, your texting and and calls will come up on tomorrow's show. News and notes come up on tomorrow's show. And we'll have plenty more to talk about here on the Locked On Raiders podcast on this game week. First game of the preseason in 2021. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family as always. And most importantly, just win, baby.